Nobody was talking in my group and I knew most of these kids and like I knew what they were going through, but like they kind of had things figured out a little bit. And I was like, I'm gonna just take a shot here. I was like, I grew up in the church and it sucks. Like I believe in Jesus, but I don't know if Christianity's for me. And the guy, as much as you would like to say, he spoke wisdom in my life, he ripped me to shreds. And I immediately was like, cool, you kind of killed me from ever opening up ever again. Thank you for listening to the Collective Church Podcast. Collective is a church for the rest of us, which means if you've never been to church, walked away from the church, or are struggling to find a church to connect with, you belong here. Every Thursday, we are sharing a new episode in our Your Story Matters podcast series. This is an opportunity for people from Collective to be real about their brokenness and what God has done and is doing in their lives. These stories will be real and raw and vulnerable, and we hope they encourage and inspire you in your own faith to share your story. To watch the sermons from the Your Story Matters series or to find out more, you can head to www.mycollective.church YSM. We hope you enjoy these stories. Thank you for checking out the Your Story Matters podcast, a podcast by Collective Church where people from Collective over a year ago actually signed up to sit down to share their stories and talk about the highs and lows of life. Uh, really to be open and honest about their brokenness and their insecurities, uh, about the pain they've experienced, about the the joys they've experienced and how they've seen God move through all of them. And we are just a few episodes away from finishing this year-long project, um, which has just been incredible. And uh, I'm excited for our episode today, but I do want to encourage you, just like I encourage everyone every single week, uh, don't just listen to one episode. Uh, you will learn a lot about who God is through the story uh, that we have today, but really you'll see so much more of God when you listen to the last episode and the first episode and the eighth episode. And what you'll recognize is that collective and, and just like all churches are full of a lot of pain and brokenness and highs and lows and peaks and valleys and all of those things. And through these stories, you're going to see God in just incredible ways. And so uh, definitely check out this one, but I just want to encourage you Uh, especially as we head toward the end. Uh, Listen to the next few episodes that come out, but jump back to the beginning and and, uh, go from the start and and see really just how good God is and what he can do in lives of people, uh, messy people, just like us. And so we're excited that you're listening today uh, to this episode. Today I'm sitting down with DJ. Uh, DJ is our groups and youth director here. DJ, I've known you for... A, a very while. long time, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which we'll get into a little bit, but I, some, I think sometimes people forget or, or don't understand that there are people at Collective that, like, didn't show up in Frederick and go, oh, I'm going to check out this For church, sure. yeah. and uh, they're like, how'd you meet this guy? And it's like, in Florida, when he was a college kid. <laughs> So I've known DJ for a really long time, and um, I'm excited for you to share your story, but also like, okay, like, how did you get to this point? For sure. Um, Because that started probably 10 plus years ago, even if you think about it, which is kind of crazy. And now DJ is our our groups and youth director here. He oversees all of our small groups and um, our youth collective, which is for middle schoolers and high schoolers, meets on Wednesday nights. Uh, If you are a student listening to this podcast, which we strongly encourage students to listen to this podcast, um, parents, you should be listening to these episodes with your kids, specifically your sixth through 12th graders, um, because the things that we're talking about are real. And for most of us, it started at the time that your kids should be listening to this. 
but more importantly, get them plugged into Youth Collective. And, and I think today's episode uh, will help you understand why it matters so much that your kids are there, not just because your kids need that type of community and they need to be around other students and they need to be trying to wrestle with faith, like that is true, but also because the leaders and multiple have led or have shared on this podcast, multiple of the leaders have talked about like, hey, this is what life was like and this is why I serve students. And so that'll be a big part of DJ's story today as well. And so, DJ, we've already uh, let everybody know you're from Florida. Tell us about your childhood in Florida. Absolutely. Family dynamics, what was childhood like and what what role did faith play in your childhood as you grew up? Sure, so yeah, absolutely. Uh, So I grew up in Central Florida, um, the Orlando area. Both my parents, my dad actually awkwardly from the DC, Maryland area. So like this isn't like uncharted area for my family, weirdly enough, but I am the oldest of three brothers, all very, very different people. Two of my best friends in this world are my brothers now today, full circle, but you know, uh, pretty normal family of five from the outside looking in. We woke up every Sunday, we went to church, um, we played sports. We, some of my brothers, we did music, we did the band thing, we did a lot of typical normal kind of grow up things. I was a kind of a class clown my whole life. Uh, if you know me, that doesn't really surprise <laughs> you at all. Uh, I just always have been kind of the person to speak out of turn and make a joke, not out of everything, but always make light of situations and kind of been my realm. I've got two fantastic parents. Uh, I really appreciate them making sure church was a part of my life and faith was a part of my life from a very young age. Did the whole Sunday school thing. Uh, every week I had some really great Sunday school teachers in my church and I'll talk about that here in a little bit like it it wasn't the healthiest of situations and I learned more of that as time went on but as for me like as a young kid growing up in church uh, I think it's everything you would want for my, from my parents perspective everything you want for your children to take in yeah. and grasp onto um, to where like I recognize Jesus is my Lord and Savior at a young age, and I was actually baptized um, at the age of nine yeah. in the church I grew up at, yeah. uh, which is wild to think about <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that I made that decision at such a young age. But I look back at it, too, and just know, like, I don't look back and think I need to do anything, like, to oh, recover this decision. Maybe I wasn't ready. And the truth is, maybe I wasn't ready, but I do know what I believed at that time and that I recognize yeah. Jesus is my Lord and Savior. Well, and a big part of that, too, is... Your parents were very involved in church. And a lot of people, and, and it's cool because, you know, Sarah shared on her episode that came out a few weeks ago. She grew up in Florida, and um, we, right. we just had another episode a few weeks ago where they were like, hey, I, like, I lived in Florida for a while. And, and we have this misunderstanding that because it's in the South that you go to, like, these mega, 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 mega Florida churches because there are many of those there. And so when you say, yeah, at nine, like I knew Jesus was my Lord and Savior, people are going, well, how'd you figure that out in a church of 10,000? And it's because you didn't go to this like massive church. Mm-mm. So your parents didn't just go, like they were involved. Yeah, And absolutely. it was priority. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you mean, know. My dad taught my Sunday school class yeah, like yeah. a lot of the time when I grew up. My parents were very involved in the children's ministry yeah. and the youth ministry as well. Yeah, so faith uh, for you was an everyday thing. And it wasn't just, we go here on Sundays, which... People have a misunderstanding in the South that, you know, the joke is not do you go to church, it's which church do you go to when you're in the Bible Belt. Absolutely. (laughs) But for you guys, like, it was Uh real and active. Um, And part of the reason why was because your your parents specifically were like, no, Mm -hmm. this is something that's really important to us. It was important to their marriage. So at nine, while it sounds young, a lot of it was the fruit of 
the good places that your parents mm-hmm. put you guys in. Yeah. You know, it wasn't you showing up in Sunday school mm-hmm. a few times a year and them going, let's do this. It Absolutely. Was, this is like a real part. And one of really life. cool part about that too, and like I still look back at this day, right? Like my, my father was actually the one that baptized me too, which is like a really substantial thing because he was my spiritual leader yep. at that point in my life too, which I, I think though through all the mess of my life, like I look back at these things like always someone that, you know, me and him have had plenty of ups and downs, of course. Like what well, son doesn't have ups and downs with their dad? But, uh, you know, uh, he's always kind of been that rock for me as well. So it's really cool that looking back to like, hey, I even made that decision at nine years old for him to be the one to do it. Yeah, too, so. yeah which I mean, also it's good pressure to put on him, you know, so yeah, he understood. Absolutely. That hey, if if I'm doing this specifically for my child, like I have to continue to be the, the sure. leader in that way. So that that's elementary school. Yeah, <laughs> uh, take us into middle school. Which you know, being the the, the youth director here, you understand like oh, middle man. school is middle school. Dude, it's like the best and worst because I, I'll be straight up like now, like through my time period and being in ministry and serving in churches and everything. Middle school is probably one of my favorite things ever because they're. They're kind of wild and yeah. down to do anything, and like they're just awesome. Yeah. Like they they're so cool. But when you are in middle school, you do not feel that way. It, it is the most awkward time of your life, and you have no idea where you fit in in any realm. Pretty much, uh, stay true to my faith. Stay true to my faith, and like you know, middle school, I didn't really face as many big challenges. I was exposed to a lot of things like public high school. Or public middle school in Florida, man. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, but that's like the Wild West, a little bit, <laughs> a little yeah. bit right? Yeah. But at the same time, I would say really through middle school, I really didn't hit any like hardcore struggles. I didn't really hit any rebellion from my parents yet. I was still kind of like a good student. I did, in long scheme of things too. I actually can pinpoint a lot of things in middle school where a lot of the things I work through now came from. I very much failed to meet certain expectations when it came to my grades and when it came to succeeding school. And that is when I first started to recognize in myself, it was like, failure doesn't feel good. And this is not something I want to continue to feel in my life. I felt deep shame about it. And I kind of felt to a point where I would rather sit in one place than try and feel this. And weirdly enough, um, my, my middle brother, um, he actually excelled in school. And it almost seemed like it was effortless for him and straight A's left and right. So I felt a comparison when it came to those things. And though like, you know, I was in sports too, but I was always undersized. I wanted to live up this expectation to like my dad, like was an offensive lineman in high school and had like this great time in high school. I wanted to live up to that expectation, but you know, I was very short and I did not break a hundred pounds until I was a sophomore in high school. Um, You know, so some body image issues because like I knew if I had like size, like I could live up to at least like the athletic expectations that I want to because sports, if again, if you know me and you know me, like I am, I'm a fanatic. It's stupid how much I care about sports (laughs) with a lot of my friends too, but it's what we do. But you know, I just, that was middle school is really the first time I started to feel a lot of these things. And I typically, a lot of middle schoolers start to feel things. They just don't know what it is and where it comes from in those time periods. And yeah, like as I entered into high school with that, I knew who I didn't want to be. So I went into high school, like I was kind of dorky in middle school. I wouldn't say like I cared about popularity. Um, I wouldn't say to a point where like it absolutely wrecked my day sure. every day. It wasn't like the end all be all, but like it was something I did care enough about because I wanted to be somebody. I wanted I wanted people to care. Yeah. I wanted people to give a crap about who I was. And like I wanted to be the guy people wanted to hang out with. Well, and you said too, like if you have this like fear of failure, 
as much as that could be academic mm-hmm. or when it comes to sports, there's Absolutely. also that feeling of like, I don't want to fail at whatever social structure Friendships, exists. relationships, yeah. Popula- yeah. like all yeah. of it. If, if, it and and yeah. when you hit, when you start feeling those things in middle school and when they all hit you in the door in high school and the high, the town I grew up in, like, can, and this is just comparison for people that live here in Maryland, how schools work in Florida a little bit. Uh, Frederick County, there's like, what, 80 high schools? Like, I don't really know. There's too, there's so many. I'm not used to yeah, that. There yeah. was one high school for the town I grew up in, and it was the most populated high school in the county. And we had about, my just for reference, like I had about 700 people in my graduating class. And okay. there was about 36 to 3,800 students at that school at yeah. one point when I was there. It was just massive. And uh, it's easy to get lost in something like that. And, you know, you go, you know a lot of people. But I, I knew I wanted to recreate myself. Like... I wanted to be on the football team as small as I was. I was going to make this work. And, you know, even I didn't really get playing time. Yeah. Like it was what it was. But like, you know, I made sure those guys liked me. Yeah. I made sure I was the one joking, hanging out with them, like doing dumb stuff. You know, when it came to school, right off the bat in high school, like I got my first D my first semester. And like when we talk about expectation, we talk about like what I set for myself. It was because like I set myself like I need to have A's and B's. And I would get C's. Like, and that was the best I actually could do sometimes. Very much just stopped doing homework altogether. Yeah. Was grounded mostly through high school. Um, at, <laughs> which probably was the right decision. I don't doubt my parents for that decision. I deserve to be grounded. Like, I look back now and write, like, for decisions, like, yes, expectations are there. And I, I don't know if I ever really felt like I had a person or a place I could go to. Yeah. Because my church, too, at the same time, right, I, I grew up, I was still very part of the youth group as well. Um, it was me and the same kind of nine kids that included my two brothers that grew up together. Yeah. This was a very small church. Um, it was small for a number of different reasons. Like it had some impact on the city it was in. I wouldn't say it had zero impact. Sure. And it had, I mean, I'm here today, so I can't say it had absolutely zero impact. But, you know, my dad was an elder in the church on yeah. and off again. Um, so as I grew up through middle school and high school, I heard a lot of problems that were going on in the church. I knew... I knew the healthy status of the church and it wasn't great. I was there present for church fights. I was there present for people that left on bad terms. I also very much saw people that carried like shame and carried sin in their life and how they were treated by people in this church. And they were kind of shunned, man. Like like everything that goes against what we kind of preach and practice here at Collective. So again, like, right, I'm not even really dealing with a lot of sin in my life at this point. Like I just am dealing with things and I don't know where to go with it. Like I I am, you know, 14, 13, 14, 15 years old, like going through like a whirlwind of things. Like I'm struggling in school, like, but like, I kind of feel like it's all my fault and I come up, it's all weighing on me and I don't know who to talk to or go through these things. And, and, you know, in the late two thousands, if you talk to a counselor, you talk to a therapist, you were like certified crazy and you were judged by it. And like you were outcast. So I wasn't going to talk about anything. Like most guys, you just build it up and like yeah. deal with it later in life, right? Like it'll all work itself out. Um, by the time I got to be a sophomore in high school, um, was where it, like sin kind of started to enter my life, and I just kind of just I didn't look for God in these ways in my life. But I also the church kind of taught me that like God just kind of wants you to be perfect. Like yeah. if you're not perfect for Him, like you can't really right. do these things and. You know, I went to a number of church camps and CIYs, which is Christ and Youth, which we actually take our students yep. to every summer yep. now, which is a fantastic organization. Those are like the little glimmers of hope I had yeah. um, every summer. We're like, you know what? 
I'm going to change this. My God loves me. Like things are going to be all right. And then like, it seemed like two weeks into the school year, I'm like, well, screw it. Like sophomore year, I uh, started I, my addiction with pornography and I started smoking weed with my friends. And I wouldn't say like I was like a pothead by any means, but it was an outlet. It was something I was curious about and had fun doing. I was like, well, I'm just going to go hang out with my friend and do this every yeah. couple weekends or everything. Very much by the end of sophomore year, I pretty much wrote off school. Like I was like, I'm not really like my one dream in life, right? Which is funny to say. It's funny to say looking back, but my one dream in life, like I was going to play in the NFL, right? Yeah. Why wouldn't I ever? And no one, <laughs> yeah. no one like reeled, reeled me with that dream. Like, hey, DJ, like you're four foot tall. Like this is never going to happen. Like as a sophomore in high school, I stopped playing football. And like this is another like failure thing. I stopped playing football mostly because my parents were afraid of me getting hurt. Yeah. I was 5'2", 90 pounds. So going into sophomore year, right? Like I started to grow a little bit, but I was just a twig. I'm still a twig my whole life. That's who I am. Sophomore years where a lot of those things hit. I had a, I wouldn't say I had genuine friendship. I had people I would consider my best friends at the time, right? I I had a couple, I had a a girl I was really close to through high school that I would consider one of my best friends through high school. I had like two or three other guys that on and off, like probably best friends, like just depend on if they were pissing me off or not, honestly, because that's how temperamental high schoolers are. Like, uh, you're not, have nothing for me. you know, made some decisions too at camps. And I'm going to stop doing these things, yeah. stop doing them for months at a time, get right back into it because life got hard and I didn't feel like I had anybody to run to. And my time period from middle school through the time I graduated, I had three youth ministers, um, two of which I had decent relationships with, but never a relationship enough to where I thought I could go to them. And part of that is because my parents were involved in the youth ministry too. Yeah. I, I didn't feel like I had safe space. Yeah. I felt, I always felt like I was going to be judged or something was going to get back or catch me or yeah. something so I, I felt I, I lied to my parents a lot like about where I was or what I was doing or if I did an assignment really because yeah. I didn't care about school at that point I was just going to do the bare minimum in the past like but by the time I was like a junior high school I've kind of like came to this place where you know I don't know what I'm going to do with the rest of my life anything like I thought would have happened or might have happened is out the window right. and I've ruined this for myself so what's the point you know, I still went to church. I still like, hey, right, I grew up with these kids. So like, they were still my youth group. I was kind of two-faced. I'd live like one life, live the other. But like, most of those people knew me and they knew what I was doing. Yeah. But I graduated by the skin of my teeth, like barely graduated high school. And that was it. I was I was petrified. I applied and was approved to go to a community college because you walk into a classroom and they sign a certificate, and give it to you. It's like, sign for classes this summer. And yeah. I was like, maybe I'll do that. And I all I knew is that summer I had one week of church camp left. Remember these glimmers of hope that yeah. happened year. I had one week of church camp, I had one week of CIY. And I went to my church camp again, which I know like people hear church camp and just immediately like right off. Like yeah, that sounds yeah. corny. It sounds weird. Yeah. But we lived for this. I went to this church camp since I was in elementary school. Yeah. Like we lived for this. It was fun. And you you grew yeah. up at a really, really good church mm-hmm. camp like yes absolutely. there's there's some really crusty ones oh, dude, that exist this absolutely. is not one of this was not ones. one of those yeah. and this was this was one uh where like a lot of churches throughout the state of florida yep. went to and it we were always the small church there but yeah, like it was yeah. it was always it was always a really good time and i had friends from other parts of the state like that i stayed connected with yeah well and let's talk about the church camp thing for a quick second yeah. because you just said it's a glimmer of hope mm-hmm I kind of want to push into that a little bit because, sure. you know, we had a lot of students go to CIY this year for the first time. But also, like, one of the things that a lot of people who have sat at this table have talked about when it comes to church camp is 
how important it was for them, how, how important CIY was for them, but how hard it was to go to this incredible experience where, you know, there's good worship and there's good preaching and there's good community and there's time during your day to read your Bible, you know, but another thing about church camp and CIYs is they often give you a lot of time to be real and be honest about, hey, here's the things I'm dealing with, but then you go back home. Right. And so for you, you go to these incredible experiences and they're, they're mountaintop moments. Right. But then you go back to a church, which is a good church, had its problems, just like every church. But that culture doesn't carry through. You know, we always joke that the kids at Collective that go to CIY come back home to a church that's like CIY, where it's like, oh, no, yeah, this is absolutely. real. This is fun. There's good community here. You know, it's not boring by any means. We're going to talk about real stuff, like have you know, good Sunday mornings. So like our kids are really, really lucky that they come home and they don't then have to figure out how do I deal with these things that for six days somebody cared about that now I don't have anybody that, that cares about. And so for you, like as you go into this these last few weeks, what were you hoping for, right? Because at this point, I, I think one of the things that yeah. is throwing me off a little bit about your story is like you've kind of like cratered through high school and it couldn't not be noticeable but there's still nobody in your life like pressing into that. I don't even know if like in you know we sit here and be like like I don't think my parents knew what to do for me either. Sure. Like, yeah, I, I mean, you're the first. I'm two. the first child, yeah. right? Like, but like really, like at that time, like I never, never once really like held anything to them to know what to do for me. Like yeah. they just tried, like honestly, like tried to put me in the right situations and put me in the right areas. Like I, I don't know if they knew what to say sure. or talk to me, right? Like, but at the same time, like. I know I didn't really have like an outlet. I didn't have, I didn't, my hobby was fancy football and watching sports, like yeah. football season, right? Yeah. My hobby was going to Friday Night Lights and hanging out with my friends. Yeah. Like I didn't have like a thing. I didn't have really whatever. Like I guess church was kind of my thing because I did care. Like, cause through all of this is like, right? I recognize like Jesus is who he is. Like I, I don't doubt that for a second, but at the same time, it's just like, what's in this world for me? Am yeah. I just like a complete screw up of you? Yeah. Like, and that's, that's how I felt yeah. very much through high school. So, yeah. yeah. So when you went to camp, you're hoping for something. I'm hoping for something. If not anything, I have this in CIY and, and it, like Christ in youth, like a week after that. So I have these two things that are fall within three weeks. I was like, we'll see what happens at the very least. I was like, I'm just going to live it up and have a really good time. Cause this is the last time I'll be able to go to these things. Yeah. Um, so I went to camp and I mean, we have our small group time and like it, our small groups were split off like guys and girls. Yeah. Like, it, like you have some, you got a team mom, you got a team dad. Yeah. Um, they're usually college representatives yeah. uh, and their children too. <laughs> their children too. And don't yeah. know. So no one in my group was talking one day. It, it wasn't like a sure your deepest, darkest secret, serious sin. It was like, Hey man, like, what are you guys struggling with? Like, it's like, how can we help you? And nobody was talking in my group. And I knew most of these kids and like, I knew what they were going through, but like, they kind of had things figured out a little bit, at least more than I did. Right. Yeah. And I was like, I'm going to take a shot here. Like, I've never like really said this. I was like, I don't know. Like, I believe in Jesus, but I don't know if Christianity's for me. And I grew up in the church and it sucks. The church I grew up at, like judges people and it's not fun. Like, it's not like a place I want to be hidden from who I like what the world actually looks a lot more I was like honestly I want a party like I wish I was good enough in college so I could be a frat boy like sure. which sounds as dumb as possible sure. but like I'm serious like that life looks so much more appeasing and so much more accepting and so much more fun and 
people love you like right like i have to deal with failure in that world like it's 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 fun like it's just careless and the guy as much as you would like to say he spoke wisdom in my life he ripped me to shreds absolutely ripped me to shreds um and it's like you want to know like i've done drugs i've done this there's no better thing than jesus christ and i immediately was like cool you kind of killed me from ever opening up ever again yeah immediately shut down walked away i actually cried like one of my good friends at the time like he played a huge role in those two weeks as well because he actually went into the same CIY with his church. Um, kind of comforted me. He's like, hey, man, just like, just, just let out, just drop it. Like, don't like drop it, but like feel it. Yeah. But like, you know what you were trying to say. Like, don't, don't like feel like ashamed for being real. Yeah. And the team mom, surprisingly, someone I actually knew for a while, she really cared for me and loved me and just kind of like, I don't know. It was love that I haven't experienced, like in certain ways, like right, like you have unconditional love from your parents. You have this yeah. kind of family love. Like I've got a great family, like all around. Like yeah. it's just I've always felt that, but it was very different. It was just like, hey, I see you, like, and you're yeah. really working through some stuff right now, and that's okay. Like you're not judged by these things, and I was like, that's pretty dope. Like and to the end of that week, right, and I didn't feel that for my friend either that was at that camp as well, and. Through talking to them and everything, I was like, you know what? Like, thank you both because this is really kind of open like a world to me a little bit of like how this should be. And I don't know if I've ever seen how this should be. Sure. Two weeks later, I go to CIY. Um, I'm already wrestling because my friend proposes like, you're not, you're either not going to go to college, you're going to community college. Why don't you just come down to the uh, Christian college I'm going to, which is Bible college, which is super like. It, it sounds super lame. It sounds lame talking about, it, but like your your dream was frats, and then you're yeah, like, yeah, like no Bible Bible college, college, bro. Yeah. So you know, still had no idea what I wanted to do with my life, and then like I figured it all out in a week, right? But you know, I was like, it, it definitely planted a seed in me. It's like you know what, maybe with the things I'm struggling with and the things I'm tempted by and the things like I think I want. Maybe I need to get my associates, like I need to get some sort of education. Yeah. Maybe I need to just get my associates in a place that's just better for me and keeps me more in check. Yeah. Because, right, I wouldn't say I always make the wrong decisions. I'm not like making out like in high school, I was this awful kid that just made the wrong decisions all the time. Because that's not true. I just very much lived in this shame and lived in this yeah. like, I'm kind of worthless. Yeah. Like very much just lived in self-doubt. And it was literally a flip of a couple weeks and then all of a sudden I'm at a Christian school. Yeah. And uh -huh. did you go with the intention of doing ministry no. or just like, let me do like a two-year program, get Absolutely. the gen eds out of the way Absolutely. and that's yeah. it. Yeah. So I went with no intent like yeah. for ministry degree. I'm like, again, don't know what I want to do with my life, but like still very wrestling with the, what am I doing with my life? But you know what? Hey, I've bought myself two years. Right? Sure. Like, sure. Like I bought myself a couple years here. Um, I can still figure it out yeah. and I can figure it out with good community and people that are going to build me up. And, you know, made some really awesome friends in the yeah. time period there. Graduated in 2010, got there in the fall of 2010. And I declared my major in the fall of 2011 to be okay. youth and family ministry. So a year later. A year later. Yeah. And so what led to that decision, right? One of my good good friends who I still talk to from time to time, uh, he's a youth minister down in Florida. And he was my roommate and he was a youth minister at one of the local churches there. I helped out with it. He's like, come help out. I'm a youth minister here now. I was like, all right, sounds good. Kind of liked it. Like I was like, eh, this yeah. is whatever. Like this is chill. Yeah. Like I've, it's not like I haven't been around youth groups before. That's yep. what I, that's the only part of church I kind of liked. Right. So I would go to that, help out with that a little bit. Winter of 2011, I met this girl. Her name's Kaylee. Um, so I had a broken ankle at the time, but like we went into Chick-fil-A where 
um, this girl Kaylee was working and I didn't know her at the time. Um, and she saw the name of our college on her shirts and she essentially was like, Hey, Oh, you guys go to school there. And I was like, I was like, Oh yeah. She's like, I'll be going there next fall. And I was like, radar immediate <laughs> radar i was like this chick is on my radar for sure dj immediately went from two-year plan to four-year four plan. year plan i yeah 100 percent. funny enough there's a huge um touch football tournament that happens at the yeah. school every year which actually was a really good like event to recruit for the school like it was actually one thing they did very very yeah. well um and her and her youth group were there i called her chick-fil-a girl because i don't remember her name and we talked for a hot minute I mean, she's my wife. Yeah. <laughs> so she's my wife now. What's yeah. funny is she walked away from that conversation to two of her friends. And they're like, who's that guy you're talking to? And she's like, that's my husband. That's my future husband. Stop. Weird, right? You guys are weird. We're so weird. Um, I got her Facebook at the end of that weekend because I had to scope her out first before I uh, gave her my phone number. Sure. Like, I needed to know who she was. Sure. And then shortly, you know, talking enough, got phone numbers. We started dating. And she was highly involved in her youth group, which is local as well. And that was when I met someone a lot of people here at Collective do know who's Chris. Um, And also met Maggie, who were very close to my wife. It was my wife's youth minister and her small group leader, which was his wife. I met them at this time period. But through having some conversations with Chris, I was like, hey, my girlfriend's a part of this youth ministry. I really like, I help out this one with my friend, but I'm more interested in, you know, serving with her and being a part of this. And they grilled me. Yeah. For sure. It's like, yeah. if you ever break her heart, do anything. Yeah. yeah. Typical um, youth minister, yeah. protective, like pseudo parent type Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Really. Like, and with making that decision, it was really through like being there and witnessing ministry at this church and being a part of the youth ministry is how much I realized I loved it. Yeah. Um, I was the middle school, one of the middle school boys, small group leaders. And dude, I just fell in love with it. I was like, you know, I don't know what I'm doing with my life, but like I could do this. Yeah. Right. Like this yeah. comes kind of natural. So it was kind of like one of those things like, I got to declare a major eventually. Yeah. So I just kind of did it on a whim. When you declared, were you still struggling with self-doubt? Were you still struggling with pornography? Were you still struggling with, you know, smoking weed? Like, are you still battling those things? Like, what yeah, does that absolutely. Like? So I was petrified to smoke weed the entire time I was there because I didn't want to get kicked out. Weed exit my life. Pornography, like, still probably, like, was... You know, you, you go on good streaks, you go on bad streaks. Yeah. It was pretty prevalent in my life yeah. throughout that time period as well. Yeah. Battling, but also not battling in the sense of like how I battled in high school, where it's just like, this is my life. This yeah. is who I am. Like, yeah. this is just going to be me for the rest of my life. More so, reckon, like, I recognize it was wrong then, but more so of a conviction to be like to my witness and everything yeah. at that time period where yeah. like, I actually like tried, right? Like yeah. I'm not giving in every yeah. time I feel like I need to yeah. give in. Like yeah. actually, so, yeah. actually like maintaining and trying to make positive decisions for what's better for me and my witness in my life. Yeah. yeah. So it's no longer like a coping mechanism, but it is a sin. It's a struggle. Absolutely. It's you know, a struggle it's, for it's sure. The, Absolutely. Right. Mm-hmm. Paul talks about it. It's like the thorn in your flesh, right? Absolutely. Like this thing that you feel. So you start getting involved as essentially a college age, but like an adult sponsor in mm-hmm. this youth group. Um, and this is when we met. Yeah, we met uh, summer 2013. Yeah. Me and Michael met. <laughs> yeah. um, I did my internship under Chris Wells uh, at the church he was in yeah. there. And uh yeah dude what a summer what a summer honestly i did not want to go back to college i just wanted a job and just to work there and be full-time i got engaged in the fall of 2013 and got married in the fall of 2014 yeah so i graduated got married like did all these things kind of back to back to back but yeah my internship uh, at that time was just phenomenal it was a great experience if anything it was like 
yo, this is what you were meant to do. Yeah. Like, there's a no-brainer. Yeah. Like, this is God full-blown right in front of me telling me, you know, you haven't seeked me at all times in your life. You've really tried here at this college, and you've seeked what I wanted for you with your life. And it's just like, hey, it's right in front of you. Don't fight it. Yeah. Like, lean into this. Yeah. Yeah, and one of the things you had to plan was, I think it's it was the end of summer. Amped, baby. It was called Amped, yeah. It's <laughs> end of summer retreat. Yeah. I had done the speaking out of the year before. And Chris is like, hey, do you want to come back? DJ's in charge of this one. And I was like, who the heck is DJ? And so my wife and I fly to Florida, and you are in charge of this week of camp. Or not week camp. <laughs> the most insecure pe- person that has no confidence in self is uh, in charge of a whole week. <laughs> yeah, uh, called Amped. Um, but yeah, like that's how we met. And you, you were like in charge of it, as well as like a small group leader there, as well as like all the other life stuff. But it was great. You know, that was for, sure. for us, like for Ray and I, it was a, we were in a really hard season. Um, so it was like this breath of fresh air for us. And Amped was great. Um, but yeah, like, so DJ and I met there, met Kaylee, um, which I think the year before I'd actually met Kaylee as yeah, well. I remember I was, the year before I traveled for the school, yeah, so yeah, that's yeah, why yeah. I wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so kind of met you guys. Like, didn't think, I mean, didn't really think anything of it. Like, you know, it was like, cool, here's this future youth minister dude guy. I, I think for me, I just approached it as like, all right, cool, man. Thanks for doing this. We'll see you next year, maybe depending on where you ended up. Um, not understanding ever that it would end up here. So yeah, you, you said earlier, you know, you get through this year, senior year, you graduate, yeah. you get married. And my guess is there's part of you where you've gone from that whole, I don't know what I'm doing with my life. God, what do you want from me? To where it's like, God, Yes, right. I get it. Youth ministry, Florida, marriage, kids, like all these things that four years earlier you were like, maybe this will happen. Like, how does this play out? And so all these really good things happen for you while you're in school. You know, your faith is very different by the time you graduate. Absolutely. You know, you still, you've always believed that Jesus is your Lord and Savior, but it became more real. Oh yeah. As um, you go to college and you learn some of the things like you didn't dig into before yeah. because you weren't seeing things through yeah. a full scope. And I'm not saying you need to go to Bible college to learn these things. Just open your Bible up for yourself and ask questions a hundred percent. Like yeah. that's collective Own your growth, be rooted in truth. Like yeah. for me at that point in my life is an opportunity for me to actually do that because yeah. I never really did that before. Yeah. Yeah. And you found a really strong community there. So mm-hmm. like a lot of these like deep seated things in your soul that you've been kind of hiding or trying to ignore, um, I know that you started to like press into them a little bit yeah. and you know, it didn't clear it all out and I don't know if it ever fully gets cleared sure. out, yeah. but like it was the very, very much a beginning process for you. For sure. So you graduate and everything's perfect. Yeah, man. I wish that was it. Yeah. yeah. I really absolutely wish that was it. So yeah, uh, we got married in the fall of 2014. I was 22 years old and Kaylee was 21 years old. Yeah. I'm just going to say bluntly, we want to have sex. So like yep. we got married, yep. like we, we knew, like we were already together for a long period of time. Yeah. I knew I wanted to spend the rest of my life with her. Was this the best like move ever, like financially? And you guys really weren't settling? Things? No, but we also had a pretty good understanding. We were just going to figure it out together. Yeah. And we knew we could not win this battle. Like, yeah. like yeah, like, let's, so, let's do it. So like financially, <laughs> you're like, oh man, we don't know what we're doing. There's, there's a lot of like life in that where people would say, this isn't a good decision. You know, you should have lived together first just in case. But like spiritually though mm-hmm. it was the right decision yes. right and you you guys weighed the spiritual impact of you know what you would bring into your marriage if you guys started sleeping together you know living together like pretending you were married without being married 
and understanding, hey, the spiritual impact of that, the emotional impact of that, the mental impact of yeah. that is more devastating than the financial impact Absolutely, of us going, what man. are we going to do right like, now? And I won't sit here and say, like, we are the best examples because, like, we struggled hard, yeah. right? Like, we struggled the whole time. But we also knew that, you know, this is at the end and be all, like, we need to do this. Like, it's, it's no question. Yeah. And, and I do want to say this, too. Like, this is controversial and... Biblically, it's not controversial. Society, like based on society, is it is controversial. There's are these articles out right now about how specifically millennials and Gen Z are living together at these like incredibly high rates. But every single one of these articles that comes out about this also talks about how living together before you're married leads to higher rates of divorce, and it leads to higher rates of infidelities. It leads mm-hmm. to higher rates of um, children who end up growing up with split up parents. And it's not like if you live together and have sex before you're married, then this happens. Like it's not a, a an absolute, but it is higher. And so you didn't necessarily know that at the time, you know, those studies are, are pretty new in the past few years. But part of it too is like, yeah, like there's gonna be some, some things that were harder to be married at 21 and 22, but at least you knew you were heading into your marriage saying, hey, like we're not gonna put sin first. I, I do believe that if you guys had played marry, marriage before, getting married, mm-hmm. it would have been really easy for you guys later to be like, you know, I'm not as committed to this as, as I could There's be. There's nothing holding it together at that right. point, except for Elise. Right. So, yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, so you guys get married. So we get married. And life is... Uh, so life, you just enter life in marriage, like, right? Uh, uh, I have not, like, I really mean this. I did not pay a single bill in my life until I was married. <laughs> it felt like everything was dropped the way of the world my, on my shoulders yeah. the day I got married. I was like, oh, well, this kind of sucks. <laughs> um, so finances were fun. Luckily, uh, my wife, like, had a pretty good understanding of these things. She had a different upbringing than me. Yeah. So, like, she knew what to do, carried me along for the yeah. ride there for a little <laughs> bit until I caught up and understood what was going on because I was like, whoa, this is fun. At that time, I worked at a hotel. Um, I was serving at the hotel at a resort, at the pool bar. Honestly, pretty great job. Did it during summer. Like, and yeah. it was fun. Like, I had fun doing my job. Yeah. It wasn't what I wanted to do. But you know what? It was a good placeholder that made money in the time where yeah. it was. And, like, you know, it's just the two of us. It wasn't like hours were crazy or anything yeah. of that nature. Kaylee was still very much trying to figure out what she wanted to do with her life as well. And, you know, I, I signed up for it. I was all for it. And yeah. I just encouraged her every step of the way. But one thing, too, that we always talked about in our life um, from dating on really early, right? Yeah. Like, and these are conversations, like, like we were serious about this relationship the whole way through. Kids, what does a family look like to you? Do you, you want to, like, be married for five years and then start trying to have kids? Or do you want to have kids right off the bat? And both of us were very, like, pro. We want to have kids young might be the dumbest thing ever like it might be the dumbest thing ever but you know what like we we really feel called to be parents and really strongly deep in our hearts have always since we were little wanted to be a father and a mother so we started trying not right after we got married it's not like hey honeymoon let's let's start trying to have a baby like no obviously like like let's like uh put our feet on the ground and like be married for a hot minute yeah but it wasn't long uh being married until we started trying having kids couple months go by nothing's happened and you know you start to have like is there something here maybe not they were just freaking out sometimes it takes people over here yeah and then you hit that year mark and there's a lot of questions that raise yeah um especially when you're as young as we were like we'd be like yeah we should be this should be happening should be pe- yeah pe- so 
Kaylee always kind of felt like from early on, like something's wrong. And, you know, I wouldn't say I wasn't there for her, but I definitely downplayed it. I was like, this is just natural. This is what yeah. happened. She's like, no, I don't know if everything's all right. To the point where we started seeing doctors and started getting us both checked out. It came in like a couple of years of figuring things out that uh, Kaylee had a condition that made it very, very difficult to get pregnant. Didn't mean it was impossible, Yeah, but the percentages were very, very low without intervention. Yeah. And we don't have money for this. Uh, we like, it was a very, very tough time. Uh, month in and month out, Kaylee taking a pregnancy test and not being pregnant yeah. and being there for that and seeing my wife go through what she had to go through. And right, we're talking only like two years into it. Like it, it was, it was heartbreaking. Um, no one, there's no realm of the world that tells you how to handle the situation. Yep. And then at the same time too, again, I'll say here in the year 2023, infertility and like infant death and all of these kind of things, like they are not in the shadows anymore and they are very well talked about. And you know, there there's people that have these stories all around the yeah. world now that are open and speaking about them. But at the time it was not, yeah. it was not a very talked about thing. Well, and... Christian culture mm -hmm. doesn't do a great job of talking about those sure. things. But then there's also this culture that exists in faith, mm -hmm. typically where it's like, hey, if that's that good thing that you want, that is of God, mm -hmm. right? Like God tells us, like, be, be fruitful and multiply, right? If you, if you are Absolutely. able to have kids, like God wants us to have kids because he wants us to raise godly children, right? Like th that is a good thing. But in, in faith, oftentimes there's that feeling in the back of your mind of like, oh, this is the consequence of sin. And this is the consequence of my failure. And this mm -hmm. is because I've made mistakes or because there's sin in my life or because, you know, there's there's these things. This is my fault, you know. And for you guys, I know that you, you had to battle some of that where some people in your life maybe didn't tell you directly but kind of implied like, Hey, this is God's punishment. There must be something in your sure. life, in your faith. And I mean, that everything that told with. us with church to begin with would probably aim that direction right. too, right? Because the church that Kaylee grew up at, right? I would say healthier than the church I grew up at. Definitely, like so. Like when I saw, I was like, "Wow, this church has it all together," yeah, right? Yeah. Like, but definitely still a lot of those like keep your sin to yourself, keep yeah. your struggles to yourself. Like nobody, nobody wants to see your mess kind yeah. of thing. And if you show your mess, like people are going to look at you differently yeah. and kind of like keep that to yourself a little bit. It's yeah. still very much that I, I saw, I think it's the Christian club church. Yeah. Like that's what it is. Like if you don't fit this mold, like yeah. we don't really want you to talk yeah. too much. So in the meantime, while this is happening, yeah. right? Like, th yeah. so this is a big piece. Kaylee's still actively trying to figure out what she's doing with her life as well. Um, uh, doing some different jobs, like, you know, not all bad. Some of them she liked, some of them she didn't yeah. like, right? Like, but you know, at the meantime, right? Like have this call to be in ministry and in youth yeah. ministry and kind of waiting. Uh, right after we got married, I had an interview with the church. Like they, like everything seemed good, but I had very, like, I will say like, it was probably a good thing I had for myself. I wasn't going to go anywhere. I couldn't see myself for five years because yeah. I felt like that was what Chris trained me to do. That's what Yep. God was leading me to, I saw the effect of what that did to yep. me with youth ministers coming in and out, right? Good people. And I don't think it was all, it was, some of it was circumstantial, but like, I wasn't going to go to a place that I couldn't commit them. And I my at least my next five years. Yep. And that was for the, 
for the youth purely, not for the church, yep. like not for the leadership or anything. It was for those kids yeah. because they deserve someone to give them some sort of commitment. Couldn't see myself being at that one church five years. And then Chris and Maggie telling me, hey, we're going to leave. Like, and I was like, what? They're like, hey, we're going to Maryland. But you got to understand at the time, like we had community. We had friends outside yeah. of Chris and Maggie. Chris and Maggie were our only friends in yeah. the area. But like yeah. they were people that spoke into our life. were like mentor, yeah. uh, kind of like older sibling-ish. But at the same time, very, very cared for friendship. One of the best friendships we've had. Yeah. And I'm not not to say like there was other friendships yeah. in that area. Like I don't want to like yeah. shade other people there. Like we had some other good friendships as well. Yeah, there. but um, they were also like mentors and it was different it was a whole different yeah. dynamic so when he comes to you and they say hey we're moving the way it feels the way it should feel because at that point you're still serving in the church at a high level you're essentially still like you're serving but i would say like you would could have called yourself like you're an intern there as well because it was giving you beyond just showing up experience because i did just as much there as Same. i did when i yeah. interned there to begin with yeah. so it feels like it's a passing of the baton, Absolutely. right? Chris developed you, Chris and Maggie specifically poured into you and Kaylee. You guys are taking on more of a leadership role. You've been in the space for a long time. The kids know you guys. They love you guys. Chris and Maggie are leaving. Therefore, sure. it should go to, the yeah. job should go to the guy that they've developed. Absolutely. And that's, that's what made sense to me. Yep. Uh, and, you know, and I also, I did know some of the frustrations I would run in with this church because I was a member of this church and yeah. was very much a part of this church and a part of its youth ministry and was close with Chris and knew some of the things he had to battle with as well. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I'm going to go to battle with these same things, but I think it's worth it for these yeah. kids because I'm already like super invested yeah. in their life. And like, like there was more than foundation there. Things were built. Like not saying I would just take what Chris does and just keep it the same yeah. forever, right? Like throw DJ in there. Like me and Chris, like we have a lot of similarities, but we are different people. Yeah. Like, but at the same time, like, this is amazing. This would be the best possible scenario. So Chris left and uh, still to this day, I don't know if they were really honest with me if I had a realistic possibility of having this job, but I gave it literally everything I had. I don't think I, at that point in my life, I don't think I tried so hard to get anything else yeah. in my life. I worked two jobs, I was working crazy hours and every amount of time that I wasn't doing that stuff, I was at the church or I was doing events or I was preaching to high school or middle school students, I was leading small groups, I was help planning the next lock and I was doing all of these little things. Like every time I had outside of that, giving it to this, and Kaylee was all for it too, she's like, you have to like this is this is what it is like and Kaylee was there right there with me through a lot of it serving the same areas I was and like I'll never forget getting the call from uh, the head of the search committee that day like and being brought office office like hey I just want to let you know we appreciate everything done but we're gonna go with someone else and he didn't directly say like don't be a part of this anymore or anything like that but like what I got is like and again he, I don't, he handled the situation probably as best as he could at that time. Like he knew things I didn't know, right? They decided to go with someone with more experience and not me, even though I was there. And like, I hear all that, but they did not make that prevalent to me the entire time through the process. And the way I didn't really hear anything he said other than like, right? Like I hear just all the negative things. Yeah. You're not good enough. You won't get this job. It was like, and it's just like, it doesn't matter how hard you would try. Like this isn't this isn't for you. And he didn't say any of those words, yeah. right? That's just all I heard. Yeah. And I then walked away from that, living as like, well, if I was gonna be in youth ministry, that was it. Yeah. Because I love the state of Florida. Like I do love yeah. my home state and love where I live. This is where my family is. This is where my friends are. It's where I want to grow. It's where I want to start my family. Like yeah. I feel like this was also like a church like 
I got married in, like, yeah. my parents got married in this church as well. Weirdly enough, like, it, there's a lot of things there, and it just, it left a huge burden and huge, huge shadow on my life because, like, I already struggle with all these things. Yeah. I already struggle with trying hard at things because I didn't want to fail. And that was the thing I probably would say in my life. I, at that point, tried the hardest to do, and it didn't matter. Yeah. And it, oh, dude, completely wrecked me. Yeah. And all at the same time, right? we're dealing with the infertility yep. thing at the same time. Yeah. It's not just career. It's community that you guys essentially were told you can't be a part of. Right. And they never said you can't come back. And in fact, I remember you telling me like, they were like, well, we'd still love for you to be a leader here. And you're like, how do I do this? Even if they brought in someone with more experience, you still love those kids more than any skilled person could. And they could have learned to love these kids, but you'd seen these kids go from, Specifically, there are middle schoolers who are now in high schoolers, high schoolers who are now college students who had now doubled back and become youth sponsors, right? And you had, you had brought those kids up because you'd been so involved in that. And so it's not just career, it's community, it's impact, it's fruitfulness, right? It's what, what you, you, know, you wanted to see. Um, it's culture that you and, and Chris had, had built there. It's crazy because on paper, and I felt this from Maryland because we were we were at this point we were friends and like I'd done yeah, a few we, more retreats. Yeah, we'd be on and, phone calls here and there, just yeah, catching up yeah. on stuff. And we knew what was going on, and specifically, like I did my last amped, and it was Chris's last hurrah, and it and was that like, was essentially the road. And we treated it as if it was. I mean, it felt like it was. And, and we had talked, and I'd even told you, when you do this next year. I'll always come back for you. I'll always do this with you. And we all left, and it was like this great thing. Yeah, man. And then pain, and it's crazy because on paper, and, and maybe we were naive. I mean, we were naive. Sure, to, yeah, absolutely. There you are in this like really terrible place. Uh, yeah, man. And Chris and Maggie are like, "Hey, you know what? You guys should move <laughs> to Maryland. <laughs> Dumb. You should move with us to Maryland to help us start this church." Yeah, man. And it wasn't. There's a job. It wasn't. It was just like maybe you need a change of scenery. I remember on my side of things, Chris is like, yeah, man, DJ and Kaylee, they come with us. And I was like, what are you talking about? Why would they leave? Their family's there. You know, we knew you were struggling with infertility, but we also, you know, we all thought that that's, it's a time thing. You know, even though even medically yeah. they had said, hey, it's not just time. It, there's a medical. We all, yeah, like it's still going to happen at some point. There's other churches in Florida. Sure. DJ's connected. Why would he come to Frederick? And then... Other things happen in Chris and Maggie's story, which made it even more messy for you to be here. Full scope of making that decision, right? Like me and Kaylee recognize like we're in a place where we have some friends, right? They're in other chapters of their life. And uh, Kaylee actually put this really well in a Facebook post hindsight, like, like right, I'm here and I'm having this podcast with you. So I, yeah. Yeah, I ended up in Maryland. Yeah. Uh, but I, when Collective launched, she had a Facebook post that day and uh, it really poured to like our hearts and like really why the decisions made. Cause like still, there were still friends there. It's like, Hey, we're friends. Like you have some community. It's like, like, don't get me wrong. We love you guys. And like, we love our family. Those were the only things holding us back. But those were the only things holding us back. Like what Florida was at that time in our lives was a constant reminder every day of the pain of not being able to have a child, yeah. not start our family there. Also the pain of dreams of what life was supposed to be like, how we had it built up and picture in our heads and everything that was, I mean, basically it's supposed to happen. Like it was written out. Yeah. Like we felt this huge pull from God. Like we trusted like this, 
like right there was a lot of like anger that came to god too in some ways too like that this was it like this was what it was supposed to be yeah. and it it was just a being in florida though we had our family and our friends who we still saw like time to time we weren't a part of a church community at that time like we would dip in we would pop into some churches that were healthy in the area but you gotta drive too far and yeah. you gotta do it and there's still people from college lingering all over the place that i yeah. didn't want to see or talk to yeah. because all my friends have moved away yeah. and it was just very much the point is like it was just a reminder of like failures and things we couldn't have yeah. so we came up when jude was born that was it what was intentional about me coming up that weekend and i think chris knew this the whole time along um there was a conference church planning conference kind of thing that was actually taking place at over in white marsh i forget the name of the speaker that night but I will never forget what he said and how it spoke very clearly, God through him to me in that moment. Uh, he said, our job in this world is to seek and save lost people, point blank. He essentially told this story, right? Like where it was about shark fishing. You know, there's two sets of guys and they go shark fishing. Um, the one group of guys are like, hey, we're gonna do this one day. They get everything together, they go out and they catch like 80 trout, like three, like, I don't know, tuna, I don't know, fish, but, but you get the point. And essentially, like, at the end of the day, they caught, like, one shark, but they caught all these fish, right? And these other guys are like, hey, let's go shark fishing. And then they took the intense time to do the research, and they went through online with the specific lures and the specific bait they would use. And, like, they caught next to none of any of the other fish, nowhere near as much fish as the other people, but they caught 13 sharks. Who was more successful? And really, to my point in church at that point, is like, whoa, what am I doing? I've been a part of churches that are just continually taking Christians from the next church to the next church, which is just essentially what those fish are. Like, we're seeking lost souls. We're fishing for sharks. Like, yeah. like that is the fruit. That is what we're supposed to be doing. And that spoke so clear to me and what I was doing like, at this point in my life because I wasn't doing anything. Like, right. Right? I was working at two restaurants, like, still doing, like, the Orlando Tourist <laughs> District thing. Like, right? Whatever. Cash over fist. Like, it wasn't, like, a lot of my most it was cash that day of. Right? But it's just, like... What am I doing? The dream of being part of church, like we are a year past the, all of the yeah. stuff that happened with the church and we're still in this infertility state. We're still like just circling. And like, even if I'm doing whatever I'm doing job wise, it doesn't matter. I need to be a part of a community that's doing this. Like this is, this is like my pure calling in life. Like it doesn't matter. I need to be a part of a community that's for this and for me and building us up yeah. as well. Through that weekend, right? Like saw a lot of great things in Frederick, met some good people. Yeah. Like actually like I knew CT. So we got to hang out with CT and uh, Rachel, hang out with Chris and Maggie, hang out with uh, you and Ray a little bit. Yeah. And it's just like, hey man, like like I trust these people. Like I trust Chris and Maggie and like they're going through a lot at that time too. Yeah. But like, you know what? Like I was like, I trust them. Uh, we officially announced it to you guys and the Wells on New Year's of 2017, right? Cause it was the year, it was the year that it was- 2016, 2016. Because we launched 2017, you guys. Yeah, we announced to you guys. I think going into 2017. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Which yeah. yeah, we announced to you guys like that we were gonna do it, and yeah. you know we made another visit up to kind of scope the land, and I realized how expensive this is gonna be, and I got very stressed out and overwhelmed. Yeah. I'm like, I'm gonna fail here. This is just determined, yeah. right? Because I live in that place. Um, you had a couple of real conversations with me. Chris did as well, and you know we just kept pounding it out, kept pounding it out, working it out, and figuring it out, yeah. and. Ultimately, we got here. I moved here with no job. Searched for a job for over a month. Like, luckily got one, and it worked out yeah. pretty well. Uh, luckily, Kaylee was able to transfer where she was working because there was a place here that was yeah. the same place. And 
honestly, like, right, like, you always think in the back of your head, right? But, like, I really honestly had no expectations of working for Collective when I moved up here. Yeah. I didn't know if I wanted it. Yeah. Well, and we had talked about it. Like, you know, it was, it was very clear when you moved up here, it wasn't for a job. Um, you know, and there wasn't a, like, if, yeah, we, if yeah, we grow, yeah. like, at some point it was, hey, you love lost people and you love students. And so mm-hmm. it'd be really cool if you were here helping us with that. Yeah. I think you, DJ, continue to struggle with, like, is this it? You know, not oh, not even, like, yeah, on the yeah, side, yeah. but, like, life side. Mm-hmm. You did leave behind some of the pain, but, like, you came up here and, and oh, yeah, man. still struggling with infertility. Yeah, yeah, still struggling with a lot of things. So we can feel every bit of this. And, you know, there's multiple times where, like, I would talk with you about it, like, cry about it, cry with Chris about it. Like, it's just it very much tore us up. And it was really, like, hard, too, because, like, we actually, like, what are we doing? We moved to be around a bunch of people that have little kids. Like, no, right. No, like no. it was just like, yeah. like, man, like, and it wasn't like you guys, like no one, everybody was super caring. It wasn't like a rub in your face. We have kids and you don't idiots. Yeah. Like, <laughs> which is yeah. not what anything was like, but you know, it's like, man, it's just like a constant want that. Like, so like we would hang out with all of you guys and then come home and be like, you know, that was a good time. But like, man, I want yep. this. Um, for this side of things, we went through a fertility trial shortly after we moved up here it wasn't even a year up here because shady grove fertility is up here which like i will praise them to the end of the universe they they're they do it the best and they have a location right here in frederick yeah um which also we knew about that when we moved up here it's like this kind of makes sense that was something we had talked about yeah and we did a procedure the doctor's like give me three tries i'll get you pregnant i was like all right all right doc slow your roll (laughs) that's a a little that's a little forward uh but because it had been years at this point it had been it had been over a year since the last time we like officially tried but like since you started trying i think the full time scale was five and a half to six years yeah and i actually came to a point in my head where it's like it's just gonna be me and kaylee and you know what i'm okay with that yeah like we're gonna we're gonna have the best life yeah and we're gonna do amazing things the first time it didn't work there devastated found out on July 4th of all days that year that we didn't, you know, I don't condone drinking your sorrows, but we, we drank a little bit that day. It was a tough day. It was a very tough day. Because we were hopeful. We were all so hopeful. Everybody. We, I, I mean, we were all hopeful. I know. And we had an opportunity to try again um, where I guess money was right. Like things, funds, like we had family pitch in was like, hey, we didn't know if we really wanted to even try again like, yeah. because Kaylee was now figuring out what she wanted to do with her life and was like really on track with it, really on fire. Like, hey, you know, I'm not gonna be mom, but I'm, I know what I wanna do with my life. I'm gonna start working. I was like so proud of her for getting us. And then it's just like, okay, well, do we wanna try this again? And it's like, it might put a lot of these things on hold because we have a new track, but like, yeah. let's do it again. We found out the day before Thanksgiving in 2019 that we were pregnant yeah. and I couldn't believe it. Absolutely yeah. couldn't believe it. She, I worked at a car dealership that day, and she surprised me at the car dealership that day. And like we just ball crying. Yeah. Um, we called everybody that night. We were literally four weeks pregnant. You yeah. don't tell anybody yeah. this early. Yeah. <laughs> you don't tell people this early. But like given the situation, like you did. Yeah. And then a month later, we find out it's not just one. It's two, man. It's twins. It's twins. And you know, a couple months later, we find out it's boys. And it's Tegan and Tatum this day. And yeah. They're three now, and so many times me and Kaylee have conversations that night after their bed, and, like, we talk about, like, man, it was such a hard day with them, or, man, like, this, or, like, proud of them for doing these things. Like, they are literally a miracle to us. Yeah. Um, whether we decide to go through that path to have more children yeah. down the road or whatever, like, this is something we have was a burden for a yeah. long time that we never thought we'd now. We have kids. 
God plays certain situations in certain areas and certain timings in our life, right? Uh, like, I'm not like this believer that God is this puppet master, right? That like our whole life's planned out. It's all in God's timing. It's all like crap happens because crap happens. It just really has nothing to do with God. But at the same time, like you just and believe God will carry you through things. Yeah. And like he carries us through all of that. And he's carrying us through being parents right now. So we navigate yeah. and figure out potty training and figure yeah. out what we <laughs> yeah. do with child care. And right. And you know, uh, it's, it's a wild ride, but like every, every night I go and check on them in bed, like they're miracles, High, like full circle. Like, you know, there was a lot of anger with God. There was a lot of distrust in God, but there was also a lot of trust in God. Like, you know, one day this could happen. And then yeah. right in the mo- most inopportune time, because we're starting to make other plans. There's multiple people at Collective who had varying degrees of difficulty getting pregnant. Mm-hmm. And then Shady Grove. I-, I do think that, like, you guys say yes to coming up to this place, mm-hmm. saying, God, like, you know, we've we've kind of given up on the dream of kids. We've given up on the dream of ministry. Um, but, man, do we want to seek and save lost people, yeah. and this is the best place to do it. Yeah. But saying yes to this insane thing on paper, because everything on paper at the other place was perfect, right? The original job offer, Florida, and it's like, if you wrote out a story, this is the story. Yeah, man. If you write out the other story, people are like, you're crazy. <laughs> but it was what God asked you to do, yeah, it was God and you did it. And, like, I do think it's to seek and save lost people. Yeah. But, like, you know, all of a sudden you meet people who have struggled in the same way, and they go, have you tried Shady Grove? You end up at Shady yeah. Grove. And you have these twins, but you said it came at this really inopportune time. And it's because Kaylee was just beginning nursing her school. for nursing yeah. school. Like she was getting her life together. Like yeah. she was getting her stuff together. Yeah. And no joke, like Collective had been growing. We had just started the capital campaign where it was like, we're going to move into a building. Well, if we move into a building and we keep growing, we need another staff member. And you and I sat down like the same week, essentially, that, that you found out, out you had twins. Yep. We want you to consider leaving the car industry, which financially was stable. stable. Like, there was so much stability. Yeah, COVID, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but it was it was like Christmas of that year, and we sat down at Starbucks, and you're like, I can't take this job. You cried. I cried. You know, and there was just a lot of yeah. confusion, confusion still where you're like, okay, God, you've, you've blessed us with this one thing we prayed for, but like... Is the dream different? You know, like, like, what yeah. is it? Like, and that was a lot of things me and Kayla had to navigate. And a lot of things, like, we were living in, like, kind of this world we lived in. Like, a not good state when we moved up here. Yeah. Right? That doesn't just flip on. Like, a light switch doesn't just come on and be like, hey, we were ready for this all along. It was a grind just to figure out our footing up here, right? Like, just as human beings in this world. Yeah. But, like, getting our footing back with God. Yeah. Because that was distant for a good amount of time because of the hurt. Um, and the hurt, like, other Christians have kind of gave us as yeah. well. So, leading up into that, like... We talk about me back in middle school. We talk about all these things. I still am a wreck of an insecure human being that is afraid of failure. And like, right, coming out of this church not hiring me just dismantled every single yeah. part of that in me. Like, yeah. moving up here was cool, but there was no, like, try to yeah. be anything. Like, it was just, hey, I am who I am, and that's what you're going to get, and there's not really going to be much beyond yeah. that. Like, this church ended up being a big part of for you, not just like f- you doing for others. Um, I mean, it, like, I know it's corny saying it this way, but like it truly is a church for the rest of us. Like, yeah. right. I felt like a black sheep, like in college, yeah. I felt like all these things my whole yeah. life. Like this, if there wasn't a church that was more for me or for anybody yeah. really, cause we're all, we all live in that realm. Yeah. Like whatever you think, like you're not going through and you're lying to yourself, like you are a rest of us person. Yeah. But you know, you and Kaylee have kind of had this journey of like, reconnecting to faith and healing through that and you know you know get pregnant 
dreams fall apart. Life is still messy. Mm-hmm. COVID hits. Um, you guys have the twins during COVID. We went into COVID, right, as two people and came out of COVID, a family of four, and did not know where to fit in with life. Yeah. Like, we're like, oh, okay, some of the friends we hung out with don't have kids, but now we have kids and these friends have kids. And it's like, we don't even really know where we fit. And it's like, and it's not like something, oh, collective or the community put on us. It's something like the world put life. on us because we weren't allowed around people while we were going through this change. Yeah. Like, we were, everybody's away from everybody. Yeah. You saw each other through a screen, maybe. Yeah. And like for us on like the collective side, like when you, you know, turned the job down initially, you know, we hired Jess. She felt like the right person. It was weird. It was like, well, we thought it would be DJ. Like, okay, God, sure. are you telling us Jess? Then COVID hits. And like Jess is like this really great person because she thrives in the community aspect of things. And during COVID, like that didn't exist. And yeah. But then we get out of COVID. She meets Cole, right? Like she shares that in her podcast. And they become a blended family of five. And working a full-time job and balancing a blended family then meant, okay, Jess wasn't the right fit here anymore because of life. And we kind of found ourselves, you know, looking at Collective, being back in this building, it's growing. A bunch of people had kids during COVID. The kids' side is growing at Collective. A lot of these kids we hadn't seen for a year now are older and we're going, oh crap, these kids are becoming middle schoolers or they're going to become middle schoolers. And kind of in this really weird full circle moment, you know, we sat down a little bit over a year ago after everything we'd been through, and there's still stuff in between where you and I kind of went toe to toe on some things in life where it was like, all right, dude, like figure it out. Like God's giving you the kids, get your crap together. Like, let's do this. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. a, a little over a year, almost a year and a half ago, I'm praying with the overseers. We're looking at collective going, man, youth is so important right now. The future is so big. And you and I sit down again and it was like, all right, here's the deal. I felt like at that point, you guys had like really cleared a lot of the stuff in your life. Not all of it, but a lot of sure. it. Sure. And like, I wasn't like in a mental state, like to like be okay in that time period either. Yep. Like I was still very much feeling failure at everything yep. and very much like feeling ultimately it all goes to be like, Hey, like God has grace. Just accept it. Like you're never too good to accept God's yep. grace. And like, that's essentially me. Like I just felt in this world, like yep. I'm piece of crap like yeah. i'm not worthy of any yeah of this. Even, and even mm-hmm. after you, like you guys had the kids you still stayed in that place and yeah. i remember we had a conversation where it was like my goodness dj can you please stop choosing to screw things up in your life that are good because like god is showing you yeah you've, you're 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 good god is showing you that he mm-hmm. loves you god is showing you that you're capable yeah and you and i have that type of friendship we had that type sure. of friendship now we have that type of relationship you know when it comes to collective where yeah like I, I know your potential and I push you to sure. hit it. You've kind of reconnected your relationship with yeah. God. You've found stability. Mm-hmm. Your, your marriage is healthy. Kaylee's figured out what she wants to do. You got the twins. But it was like, hey, you're still kind of existing in this place of good enough. Yeah. So you and I spend some time having a hard conversation. I remember that. Like, you're like, you're the right person for this. This is what's happening. Let's actually figure this out. Yeah. There's some things in your life that you need to work on. Sure. But if you do work on these things, mm-hmm. like this dream is still on the table and COVID to our attendance, like cut us in half. And so then all of a sudden we're like building back up and it's like, wait a second, if DJ was the right person at this point, it had been like a year and a half ago and we're in the exact same spot, you know, growth wise, we're a healthier church just because like time has helped us be healthier. Why wouldn't DJ be the right person now? And so we sat down a third time and essentially was like, Hey, we're going to do this a third time. 
this is the last time we're going to have this conversation. But there's nothing, if God was right the first time, then God will be right this time. But now it's on us to recognize that this is God being right and not let us get in the way of it. And so we offered you the job and you, it was still a risk, but this time it was like, okay, we've trusted God with these things before. Like, why wouldn't he show up again? And so you started on staff at Collective May, May last year. of last year. All of a sudden, I remember we were sitting down at our, like our first one-on-one. You know, you're sitting in my office. You start crying. Like you essentially said, like, I'm married. I've got kids, and I'm in ministry. And we both kind of had this moment where we're like, man, 10 years ago, this every bit of this dream died. And it's been hard, dude. It's not been easy by any means. But like you step back, and you're like, man, look how good God is. You create space for students to be real about what they're dealing with, and they're very real. And that's impacted this church. It's impacted how we do youth. It's impacted when we designed the fourth and fifth grade room, you know, you being a big proponent of like, hold on, guys. Like, I'm receiving sixth graders dealing with stuff. We've got to figure this out. Kaylee's weeks away (laughs) from dream job, dream kids. You're in ministry at a church that is reaching kids like you. And it was like this weird, like, who knew, man? Yeah, here we are. I've been in this job for like a year and some months now, a year and change, and it is so much harder than I ever anticipate being. I learned that right off the bat. Like, right, we talk about like, I I used to always say a job's fake till you make it, right? And it's just like, yo, you can't do that in this job. Like, I could have maybe faked it for two or three months, but that was it. It got to me a lot, like a lot of these things. It's it's a lot of pressure. It's a lot of it's a lot of very hard things, but it's for a very very, I mean, the ultimate purpose. Like yeah. it's not there's no there's nothing that's more important than people's salvation. Nothing to me personally, like it's more important for like what I my gifts and what I have is to bring that to the next generation, to the middle schoolers and high schoolers that are part of this community. And you know, a lot of that is me having to continually work on myself. A lot of these failure things that I've dealt with, a lot of these feelings, like I came from like a normal childhood, like what on paper was like a pretty basic, good, normal childhood for so long, right? Like, it's like, where is this coming from? And like, I can't deal with this or push this until I know where it's come from. And through Crucible and through therapy, uh, like, honestly, like therapy has been amazing. I like I've been so unsure about therapy forever and I was even unsure about the guy I was going to start meeting with. And I met with him every month since I've been to Crucible and uh, it's been amazing, and you know, one one week a month, like really, is like two weeks of work. But you know, you keep continually putting the work, where I'm continually working on myself and the way I view myself and the way God sees me, and like trying to get rid of any of these false expectations that were accidentally put on me as a child that I've been living with my whole life. I am not defined by my sin. I'm not defined by failure. I am defined really by God, yeah. and who sees me for all of it and loves me for all of it no matter what that's been something i've really worked on like really hardcore worked on since i've come on staff and you know guys like specifically in this church listen to this podcast friends in florida friends wherever like take care of your mental health go to crucible first off like find if there's one near you because i think though i think therapy is the long-term thing that you need to be a part of right like I think Crucible can be a huge jumpstart to help you really recognize why this is important for you. But it will make you a better follower of God. It'll make you a better husband. It'll make you a better father. And it'll make you... Nothing will seem seamless. You always got to put in hard work. But it is so beneficial. And I can't, like, 
preachers say that enough. And I'm a person that ran away from doing those things for a very long time and just lived in what I thought was just me. Yeah. It's cool because I think a lot of people that meet you now, they wouldn't think, oh, yeah, this dude has struggled with self-doubt for 20 years. They would think he is fun and he's honest. And and it's been cool because you guys went on CIY and, you know, one of the feedbacks that I've gotten from some of the leaders and some of the parents was they just really appreciate how real you are with their kids. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. you know, what's what's cool is that they'll listen to this podcast and understand kind of where it came from. Yeah, man. Youth Collective is amazing, and, you know, the people who have poured into it have created this incredible experience, which is why we talk about so much, which is why we push parents, like, hey, we get it's inconvenient to get your kids anywhere, especially when they're in middle school, but, like, do it. Also, it's unique here. Your kids will not get this in other churches. They just won't. And, like, I'm super egotistical when it comes to Collective and what we do. You're right. There's a church down the road everywhere, no matter where you are, that has more, you know, trampolines, and they have more bigger buses to bring kids places and they've got you know louder sound systems and whatever like that's great your kids need to have fun but what your kids need more than anything else and that's what this whole entire your story matters podcast has proven is what they need are adults when they're in that age to help them wrestle with the real stuff because all of our stuff starts when we're in middle school and high school now when we're adults it all brings it out worse i don't want anybody to hear all these good things right now and think that it's easy like you still have twins and you still have a wife who is in school and not just school, but like doing nursing school. And I I, like, honestly, what I thought was just like a two year program, like I was going to be full time. No big deal. I still like, and I am married to this person. Like I am fully in it with her. No, I don't think anyone understands how hard nursing school is. Like it is, there is no life. There is no life outside of it. She's kicking butt at it, but like that's part, that's part of our grind. Yeah. Even in these really good things, there's still been oh, hard yeah. parts that you yeah, guys have absolutely. had to mm-hmm. work through. And the cool thing is you're doing it from a place of joy and healing rather than despair and, you know, all absolutely. the stuff that you carried with mm-hmm. you. So um, you, you talked a little bit about why you ended up in youth ministry or, you know, why you felt passionate about it and eventually why you said yes to, you know, the job here. But if you could give us like wisdom, you know, some advice for both. I want you to give wisdom and advice to our students, but then also wisdom and advice to parents, the adults that go to collective, because mm-hmm. I think that's unique. Let's start with the adults. Like if there's just in general, like a faith wisdom and a faith advice you could give based on what God has brought you through and based on your story, what would that be? I think this is kind of the pattern and similar to a lot of other stories, right? We all have different crap, right? We Everything we've gone through in our lives, they some similarities, some different, but really listen to these podcasts really listen. You know, my story is not anything like what I would say crazy, right? Like it's, it's unique to me, yeah. but you have a story that's unique to you and you have storms in your life. Like there is many peaks, valleys and storms that you will go through in your life, but through all of it, like truly God is literally there. And I think and very and what you'll hear in a lot of these stories is like there's a lot of times where people are in these and they don't feel like God is there for them and you know you do have to seek him you do have to you do have to make that conscious effort to know he's there but but he doesn't go anywhere right no matter how long in the infertility journey you are no matter how less you think of yourself like whatever the sin is whatever the the craziness is and there's been some crazy things yeah. that have happened in people's lives listening to these stories and just being a part of collective in general we've heard yeah. it like yeah. and i think it just speaks true to who we are as a church and something we tell like all the time like god's there 
just got to reach out and he'll, he, he will be there with you as you go through it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's good. Um, now specifically, uniquely, if you had advice for our middle schoolers and high schoolers who are listening to this podcast, what would it be? Life is hard right now. And it's, and if you are listening to this podcast, which you should be listening to this podcast, because I tell you, you should be listening to this podcast. Yeah. As you can see, like life can be hard for you at this point, right? Like every, I think all, every student is unique and life is for them, but life is just hard. And uh, it's very, very important when you're in middle school and high school, whether you know Jesus or you don't know Jesus, right? If you don't know Jesus, I'd like to welcome you. Come to Youth Collective, yeah. come to Collective and, and really like learn, learn what he has for you and what he did for you and what he wants to be with you. Like, and essentially like, it's not like, I wish I could tell you life is just gonna be super easy. And some of you guys aren't gonna face as hard of things, but you all will face things, yeah. right? It's, it's it's James 1, 2, like, consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds, brother and sister, for you will gain perseverance through these trials that you go through. Like, we will go through trials. Yeah. Like, there's no, there's no one is exempt for that from that. And just, like, these years are so crucial for you to lean on God, right? Just like I told the adults and told your parents and everything of that nature. But it's important for you to grasp good spiritual habits now. Because if you don't, the end result when you do face these storms in life is incredibly more difficult than it is now. And for those of you that know Christ now, know him to be your savior, have are working through getting baptized or have gotten baptized, like it's a different story for you right now because you're working through something just because you get baptized doesn't, and like I tell this to every student too, yeah. just because you get baptized, life's not like gonna be easy for yeah. you. You do realize that, right? Yeah. Like, and I make them tell me, yeah, life's not gonna be easy for me. <laughs> I was like, yeah, because it's not. Like, it's, that is a pure lie. You need to be in this right now, because if there's anything that's gonna build better habits for you when you're 31 years old, it's right now. Trying to figure out and build habits in your 20s is not a good time to start if you know Jesus now. Yep. So yep. come to Youth Collective. Yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, all right. So last question. Yeah. Uh, scripture. Sure. But if there's like one or two verses that, that kind of just sit with you. Man, I, I've read this in the past, but I didn't understand how good God is until I read it now. Um, but, you know, that's what Scripture does. It's, it kind of sits in our soul. It marks who we are. Um, so if you had a verse or two, what would that be? Absolutely. So it's one verse. And... You know, I came upon this like in college, um, and it's always kind of been a good revert back for me. Even yeah. like, not saying I always believed in it when I read it, yeah. right? Because like, this is a lot. It's like it's very empowering to myself. Like, and really, like we you've even used this in sermons recently in the past couple. Um, it's Ephesians two ten. I mean, it's Paul wrote it. It's his. He wrote it. But like, that's my scripture. Like, that is what I try to remind myself every single day. That you know. You are God's handiwork. You are God's masterpiece created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which he's prepared already in advance for you to do. Like, I was put here for a reason, obviously, right? Like, and life's not easy. And, like, I've messed up. I've messed up big sometimes. I mean, I've messed up small sometimes. Like, but by no means am I defined by my failures and defined by my sin, defined by all these things. I'm defined by God who calls me his masterpiece. And I'm created to not sit around with that, but I'm created to go out and do the good works in the name of Jesus Christ. And I know that sounds super churchy, like right there off the back. I, collective, you're like, oh man, DJ just, <laughs> DJ just sound like he is uh, like super Baptist there for a second. <laughs> like, I don't know, but like, no, like I, I believe that with everything in me, like to my life, right? As crazy as it's been and as far from God as I've been, I believe that like he has created me 
and I'm created for a purpose. And that's why I'm here at Collective, and that's why I do youth ministry. That's why I do groups ministry. Heck, man, that's why I do the other weird things that it does yeah. when it comes to this church. <laughs> yeah. Like, ministry is so weird sometimes, but like, like that to me speaks directly in the fact of like, if, you know, when we're going back, like I'm going come to Frederick for the first time to listen to the speakers, like, what are you doing with your life? Like, right? Like, you know who you are, you know who you're creating and what he calls yeah. you. Are you doing are you doing the good works that you were supposed to be fulfill? Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, God created us to catch sharks, not trout. God can take our mess and our brokenness and our sin and our doubts and our pain, the things that we cause, the things that other people cause, the thing that are just life causing. But when we trust God and we understand that, you know, he created us and can use us to to change the world, when we actually lean into that, it happens. DJ, I'm, I'm thankful uh, that you and Kaylee took a risk. Uh, to be honest, like, I mean, I'll say this. I'm thankful the church in Florida said no. Uh, <laughs> I hate the pain that it caused. Um, but I'm thankful that maybe it was them listening to the Holy Spirit. And although it wasn't anything that any of us understood at the time that you guys ended up here, I'm thankful for your marriage that you guys ended up here and, and for the boys and uh, now the fruit of that being being this church and, and the, the ministry that you guys are a part of here. And I am super excited and I've been excited for a long time about the future of what it's like to be a kid here and to grow up here and to find faith here. Uh, and so we'll just plug it one more time. Hey, if you've got middle schoolers or high schoolers or even rising middle schoolers um, that will come next year for your kids, uh, figure out how to make this a priority. Man, what you want for yourself and what you want for your kids, like that's where it is. Find DJ in the lobby. Uh, he'd love to meet you. He'd love to meet your students and figure out how to get them plugged in so that they can have the community they need to wrestle with the things that all middle schoolers and high schoolers wrestle with and to have people because that's what they need. And so DJ, thank you for all that you do at Collective. Thank you for sharing your story. Hey, thanks for giving me a job. Hey, <laughs> you're welcome. Hey, thanks for loving students because I'm really uncomfortable around them. Uh, so I've seen it. Means it's not great. <laughs> so, all right, thanks, CJ. No problem.